Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Wall and today's guest is Alessandro Boscaini from the Masi Winery in Valpolicella in the Veneto region of North East Italy. Welcome. Thank you. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Buonasera. Buonasera, yes. Okay, Alessandro, tell me a little bit of the family. You're a family member of the winery. Yes. Okay, exactly. so just give me a little bit of history of Masi, which is oh. one of the iconic family wineries in Italy. Thank you. First of all, I represent the seventh generation. The history of my family linked to the wine production start uh, in 1772 when uh, my family bought the first vineyard based in the heart of uh, the classic area of Valpolicella. And uh, actually before, we were already working in wine, but we were only traders of wine. As a viticultural, we started from that date. 1772? Yes, exactly. I mean, that must make you one of the oldest documented wineries in Italy, is that correct? Must be one of the oldest ones. No, we have older. In really? Tuscany, yes, much older companies. Okay. We are, And also in Valpolicella, because we have, uh, which is part of uh, Masi, mm-hmm. uh, we have Serego Alighieri State, the descendant of Dante, and they started in 1353, so few years before us. Fantastic. Yes. Okay, so tell me about the company today. How how big are you in terms of, do you have your own vineyards, your own wineries? We have our own vineyards as well as uh, we have uh, some uh, suppliers of grapes with whom we have long-term contract and um, everything uh, that happened in the vineyard is uh, controlled and followed by our technician. Okay, so now, how much Valpolicella do you have, roughly, your own vineyards? In total, we have uh, 1,200, not, not in Valpolicella, including Friuli, uh, 1,200 uh, hectares. hectares, thank you. We have also in Friuli, some areas, in Tuscany and in Argentina. So this is the total production of Masi. I'm in charge of the sales department. My brother works in the company, is in charge of marketing. And, and his name? Raffaele. And uh, he also coordinates uh, uh, the technical group. This is a very important uh, part of Masi because uh, this was an intuition of my grandfather, Guido, who passed away a few years ago already. His idea was uh, not to have a superstar winemaker that can do fantastic wine, but uh, bringing his own uh, personality. He wanted to have a Masi wine, so a, a wine that is immediately recognized as Masi. So from this idea, I founded the Masi Technical Group, where we have a team of enologists, all, all the profession uh, in link to the, to the production of bottles of wine, and all the decisions are taken by this group. So I think this is really a clever idea and the distinction of Masi to have this, uh, this group. So your total production, uh, how much of your total production is exported? It's a lot because uh, it's uh, more or less uh, 90% of our uh, total uh, turnover comes from export. But I should say with pride, because I spent a lot of time in this market, that Italy is growing, even though the economic situation is not fantastic, because I think it is very important to be very well known and recognized even in our own garden, let's see. For the Italian sales, is it mainly sold in Veneto, your local region, and Friuli, no, no, we, or do you sell no, to no, we Rome are present, and Naples? We or? are present uh, all over Italy. We have a net of more than 70 agents. Of course, uh, the majority is done in northeast of Italy, but we are present uh, everywhere, Rome, Napoli, Sicily. So across Italy, for example, in 
say, Rome, do they buy a particular Marzi style of wine and then maybe in Sicily or Naples they buy, buy a completely different style? How does uh, that work? Uh, first of all, Marzi is well known for Amarone production and Amarone is one of the wine that uh, restaurant cannot have in the wine list. They must have. <laughs> cannot not have. Okay. Yes, thank you. They must have. So this is uh, the first uh, wine that they ask uh, or that we propose. But then depending on the area, for example, on uh, on uh, the Amalfi Coast, we work also with the whites. Rome, particularly, is an area that uh, we have always worked very well with uh, Amarone because uh, the taste of Amarone, the tasting profile of Amarone, is very well appreciated. Is that is that because it goes well with the food? Can be Which with can the be food. Quite rich, can't it? Yes. Around Rome. Yes, exactly. It it is also yeah. They like a very structured wine, but also with the. Uh, I like to say that Amarone has this. Uh, let's see in a way an easy drinking even though with big shoulder but the approach uh, is very velvety they like this kind of taste is there any day i mean amaroni's become this incredible success story mm-hmm. and we think of recent trends obviously the famous you know brunello prosecco amaroni are three names that we always hear when we talk about italian wine do you yeah. think there's any danger that um, as a younger generation comes through maybe they don't want such concentrated wines with high levels of alcohol and maybe a little bit of sweetness or do you still see that Amarone will still be popular? I think uh, Amarone is uh, an icon so icon will always remain but uh is true that the trend also because of health concern is to have lighter wine to drink less so less also in the structure of wine but uh, by sure Brunello Barolo and the icons will remain. What do you think the next trend will be? You get your magic your crystal ball out what do you think (laughs) that could be? What we already see as a trend you also mentioned is to have this sweetness in the wine which is for me not a very good threat is uh, and for what I see is more and um, happens more in the markets who are not very used to wine the more educated markets they go for less uh, less appealing taste but more serious with a more serious approach but this is a trend that we are seeing and uh, I think it's important for uh, the producer is uh, not to follow the trend you must be conscious what the consumer wants, but uh, maintain your soul and uh, what is possible. You, thanks to technology also that you have at your disposal nowadays, you can uh, adapt, but maintain your, your essence. How much market research do you do on the Italian market? Is it quite difficult to really find out what Italians like to drink? I mean, could you anticipate, for example, the trend that we're seeing in America and also in the UK, wines, as you said, with a bit more sweetness but lower alcohol levels. Is that going to happen in this league? Italy, I think more than other, is a very fragmented market because each region produces wine. You have uh, really the regionality, so each region drinks more their own wine. So the tasting profile being the Italian wine portfolio so different uh, change a lot from a region to the other. And uh, at least at my knowledge, there are not so many research 
on the Italian market. You have the general data, how many bottles of this kind or the other, but really a study that helps you to understand the trend is difficult. I use my sales team as antenna. Antenna, yes, exactly, to try to to understand the market. What about um, America? How important is that for you as a market? It is important. And which are your which are the states that you work most closely with? We have a national importer. Of course, the East Coast uh, is very important for us. I think uh, if I see Canada, that for us is a very important market, I think that we still have a potential in the U.S. For example, there are several areas in the States that are no, not so developed as the East Coast, so we still have a lot to do. But how can you, can one winery make a change or would it have to be a collective effort to gradually help if we can use that word, the, those markets, to get the taste this, for wine. I think this is a drama of Italian wine. We uh, like drama. <laughs> no, I mean uh, the, the States, but you can say the same for Asia or for other markets. We have done uh, a lot as individual companies, a lot of efforts, a lot of a lot of presence in the market, uh, but uh, all together we are not very good in doing like this. We have some example. For example, Mas is part of uh, Instituto dei Grandi Marchi, and uh, every year we organize uh, events in the market where we propose the Italian wine. But is maybe we have uh, we can do a, a lot more in terms of institution, in terms of being uh, all together to show to the market what Italy is, it, which is complicated, is uh, an area where you need to explain because of the so many autochthons, uh, great varieties, the diversity. For example, if you think what uh, what Italian wine is in China, that is uh, small, still very small, uh, means that uh, probably we have not been very good in presenting ourselves in this market. Yeah, now I was going to ask you about China. Is the Amarone style suited to the Chinese market or is that too much of a generalization? No, no. I think as tasting profile, they appreciate because it's the richness they appreciate. Masi, as many Italian producers, they have their strength in the middle range. And nowadays, Chinese, they go either for the very, very iconic and very expensive wine, at that point is French wines, or very basic and uh, everyday wine and they can source uh, from Chile or from any other countries. So having uh, this gap in between and it, it is where the strength of Italy is, uh, we are a bit uh, in difficulties. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you'll work that out. I mean, I think um, it's clearly a market that's going to grow. Oh, yes, by sure. And uh, and the fact that uh, you have several uh, professional importers, but you have a, a number, huge number of uh, dealers, let's see. But uh, with dealers, sometimes it's difficult to create a brand, create the image, the stability in the market. Yeah, because you need a... And you need to be working with someone that's going to build your brand of course, over of a long course. period of time, of not just course. to use it. Especially in a market that by tradition is not a wine consumer. I mean, do you enjoy going to China? Or do you find it kind of confusing and overwhelming? No, it's uh, <laughs> the first trip I did in China was in 97. Imagine it was a completely different scenario. 
few cars was uh, really uh, also Masi I should say that uh, probably is one of the pioneer of Italian wine in China of course uh, every I go probably every two years in China and every time I go it's a completely different scenario it's a bit difficult for me to to follow but uh, we have a person in our team who speak uh, Chinese he lived in Shanghai for a few years so he knows the market very well because uh, the language barrier is very important okay <laughs> it's something there so final question I'm into organics I'm afraid mm-hmm. do you have any organic projects yes go on tell me no they are not projects they are realities okay uh, we <laughs> we produce we have two um, winery that are organic uh, the one in Argentina it is called the uh, Masi Tupungato so it's close to Mendoza and over there we produce uh, three wines certified uh, organic and uh, it's a very particular project because uh, we over there we planted uh, Italian varieties we match together with local varieties for the white and the red and uh, we use the passimento so we have a passo doble that is produced with the double fermentation and the corvina we planted there and we blend together with Malbec so it's a very it's a modern wine, very suitable for uh, a cosmopolitan consumer. In Argentina or for export? Both. Both. We sell in Italy, everywhere. We use our Masinet to, to distribute this wine. And then we have our winery in, in Tuscany, Serego Righieri in Tuscany. It's called Poderi Bellovile. And uh, we produce uh, an a red IGT that is certified organic. In uh, Valpolicella, it is still uh, difficult to have organic because of the climatic condition. But of course, we, uh, we put a lot of effort and attention in order to have uh, a sustainable agriculture. But all, everything we do in our company is uh, really with a close eye on what we can do for the earth and nature, because uh, I think uh, we owe a lot. I was going to ask you about climate change, actually. How is that affecting... Um, is affecting because uh, every year we don't know what is going to happen as, uh, as uh, the last harvest was a bit, uh, I should say, bizarre. Even though in the classic area of Valpolicella we have been lucky. 2017 harvest. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, has been a disaster for many for many areas. In the classic area for Valpolicella, we have been lucky. And I should say that we noticed that the indigenous grape varieties has been affected less by the crazy weather we had. So it, it is like in the centuries, if the people have selected those varieties, probably there is a reason. They can grow better than other in, our, in, our, in the area. Okay, Alessandro Boscaini from Mazi in Valpolicella. Thanks very much for coming in today. Been uh, great talking to you. Obviously, I'm very interested in the organic stuff. It's fascinating to hear from a family that has been really at the heart of the Amarone Revolution. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.